Welcome to Love, Lead, Listen, a podcast from Alpha Gamma Delta and generously funded by the Alpha Gamma Delta Foundation. Join us as we discuss topics that affect women of today and examine the ways that we can be women with purpose. Hello and welcome to Love, Lead, Listen. This week, we're celebrating Pride Month, and today's guest is Allie Maddox. Allie is an alumna from Alpha Gamma Delta's Gamma Alpha chapter at the University of Georgia. She graduated in 2020 with a BA in marketing and currently works as a technology consultant. She is currently the Gamma Alpha and Athens Area Alumni Chapter President, and starting this summer, will be the Diversity, Equity, and Inclusion Advisor for Gamma Alpha. In the past, she has served as her chapter's Vice President of Campus Relations in the University of Georgia Panhellenic Association Vice President of Administration. Allie, welcome. Hi. I'm so glad to have you. So to start us off, can you tell us just a little bit about you? (laughs) Sure, you got some of the main points. Um, I grew up in Dallas, Texas, so I... um, Moving to the University of Georgia for school was kind of a big jump for me, but obviously things worked out well. I was a marketing major and now I work in consulting in Atlanta. So I'm based here in Midtown now. I am excited to be here. Alpha Game has played such a huge role in the last five, six years of my life. And I have no anticipation of that changing. We're so excited to have you. And another piece of information about you is that you are part of the LGBTQIA community. Uh, Would you mind sharing with our listeners what your identity is? Sure. I consider myself a lesbian woman. I'm kind of curious. You just told us your identity, but what was your experience embracing it and learning learning who you are? Sure. Um, I'm one of those people that really, it. I, it's not like I was stuck in the closet for a very long time. Um, I just didn't know. <laughs> and looking back, I um, it makes a lot of sense, but it, it never clicked before. Um, it, before all of a sudden it clicked. I um, came out a little, probably three years ago, about this time of year. So we're getting, um, that's kind of a milestone, I guess. It's almost your coming out anniversary. Right. I came out the way a lot of girls do, in love with another girl. And it was the first time that that had ever happened to me. And I really kind of went gung-ho and like, this is, I guess, who I am. And it felt like it was something that was right for the first time in a long time. So that's a little bit about kind of how it it surprised me. But then as soon as I got there, it felt like it made a lot of sense. Yeah. So you said that you weren't, you didn't really know it about yourself almost at first, but you kind of just realized it. Did you realize that in college or at a different time? Yeah, I was, it was my sophomore year of college. Um, I, had gotten close to a friend and all of a sudden I realized it was a little closer to her than I, than just a friend. I since then have um, pretty much come out to everyone in my life. It's not a secret by any means. I'm podcasting about it, (laughs) but (laughs) it was scary in the beginning of just what will everyone think. I come from a very traditional household and family and that kind of situation. So Getting over that fear initially did play a pretty big role in my early coming out story, but I like to think of that as something that has provided more substance to my situation. Like, I think it's made me a better mentor towards other people in the community 
And it really has uh, contributed long-term in a positive way, even though it was a really scary thing at the time. Yeah, it does sound pretty scary. And I know it can almost feel like your world is getting shaken a little bit when that when you do come out. Can you tell me a little bit about your process of coming out? So I guess coming out, it came in phases. I started talking to my close friends about it and then a little bit more family members and it grew and grew. Being in a sorority in college means things like that don't get kept a secret for very long, which is a pro and a con at times. Um, it did mean I didn't have to have one-on-one conversations with too many people before it was public knowledge. But that's one of the things that I think that we'll probably touch on in this conversation is my collegiate experience with Alphagam and me coming out was a huge blessing. I experienced more love than I thought was out there in the world and definitely like not all sugar and rainbows and things but it's definitely part of the reason that I still am so involved today is because of this like love and support that I got from my peers in my actual chapter but also alum as well. Yeah, let's dive into that a little bit, actually. So you said you kind of realized this your sophomore year of college. So how did your identity impact your collegiate experience? So when I was first coming out, I was actually on my sorority's executive board. So I was the vice president of campus relations, which is the Panhellenic delegate. And so while my sorority was really open about it, I did have a lot of anxiety and fear around the Panhellenic community and how they would receive me. I had plans to run for Panhellenic exec at Georgia, and that was a huge, huge fear of mine And that it would be either something that they were like, oh, we don't want you to represent Greek life at Georgia or that kind of thing. And I also had the underlying fear that our chapter wouldn't want me to represent them in that way. I was wrong um, on almost all accounts. I will say that there, it's not a perfect system. It's still Greek life at a big Southern school. So there were things <laughs> here and there. Um, but the first time I like broke down and told somebody in the Panhellenic community, it was like out of complete fear, panic. Like, will I be accepted when I, like people are going to find out when I run, is that going to be okay? Is that going to hurt me? And I got an absolute resounding, no, you're going to be fine. And even on the days where you get a weird comment or things aren't fine, like you're building a community around you that will in turn be more accepting for people later on. And so that's been, it just was a really um, cool experience in the sense that I took all of the fear and all of the panic and not only got support and love in return, but I also feel like I was able to give that to other people around me. It sounds like your sisters and your community were really supportive of you for the most part, right? Yes. I I mean, absolutely. I even had, I used, we used to do on Panhellenic, we used to do things at other chapters and I remember being at one sorority house, not my own chapter, and having a girl I'd never met before come up to me and be like, hey, my little came out because of you. <laughs> and I like can't pretend to take any credit for that. Like, really, I don't think that I think it's a weird place because I don't know that I did anything 
for anyone else. I did what I could with my own identity and my own like ambition and wanting to be in leadership. But I also like people in this community need role models that are similar to them. And if you haven't seen it before, then it's a cool thing to see. It's part of the reason I want to talk about it is because I think that I want girls in sororities to know that we're out here. (laughs) Yeah, it makes it feel like you're not alone when you see people talking about it and you know that you're not the only one in your organization that has a certain identity. Right. I will say, I do want to like kind of make a point here. Um, I do think that a lot of the good experience, not a lot of it, but part of the good experience that I had with Greek life and my sexuality has to do with the fact that like, this is a podcast, you can't see me, but I'm a very straight um, presenting person. And people are way more likely to understand or be open to differences that you might have if there's common ground. And I I don't know how differently that would have impacted my experience if I didn't present the way that I do, but I don't want to get it confused either. Like I want to be specific about that. Yeah, that's a great point to make. We know that uh, women of color or people of color that are in marginalized sexualities or different sexualities, they don't always have the same experiences as white women typically do. And it's a little easier when you have that privilege. So I think that's a great point that you just made. Yeah. There's passing privilege is the thing as well. I just, I want to put that out there. Yes, it absolutely is. And just because someone passes doesn't mean they're any less valid in their sexuality or identity at all. So kind of in the transition from being a collegiate officer, being in college to becoming an alumna, how has your identity and sexuality impacted that experience? Um, to be honest, not much. <laughs> I The transition was pretty easy. I knew that I was going to take over the alum chapter when I graduated. I would be crazy to not shout out one of the biggest alum that's played a role in all of this. My chapter advisor, she's still the game alpha chapter advisor is Katie Hardaway. And that's actually kind of a funny story. So we can go into it. Um, We were at convention in 2018. And because it was the year that I was on exec, it was the summer that I had been coming out to most people in my life. And typically the chapter advisor and VP campus relations aren't like a position, like they're not roles that work together very much. Um, And so we didn't have a like strong relationship going into it, but I felt this need to tell her. Um, I just wanted somebody in some sort of, like somebody that wasn't a peer of mine to know. I wanted a little bit of guidance, a little bit of like just advice that wasn't a friend. And so I remember getting up. She was like, oh, I'm going to get up at six and get everyone coffee. And I was like, I'm an early riser. I am now. I wasn't at the time. (laughs) I was like, I'll go with you. I like set my alarm for like 5, 5.15, made sure I could get up (laughs) and go just so I would have like an opportunity to tell her one-on-one. And she, I'm sure she's going to listen to this and laugh at me for telling the story. But from that point on, almost everything that I needed advice about or anything that was happening, um, kind of like in the underlying world of my head and being stressed and scared. I, she got the brunt of all of those conversations. And I think that 
it's been that relationship has played a huge role in how I've interacted with alumni beyond that um, and a lot of the reason why I've taken over the Elm chapter for Game Office. So it sounds like such a special relationship to have. <laughs> we all need that person in our life. Yeah, I feel I feel lucky to have found it then and have it continue to impact my not just my personal life, but also my relationship with the sorority. Yeah. So can you tell me, looking back, is there something you wish you had known about your identity or sexuality and the whole experience you've gone through before college and before you went through it? Honestly, no. (laughs) Looking back, I wouldn't have done anything differently. There were things that happened that made it harder and there are things that happened that made it easier. But I think that's life. Like there isn't any advice or anything that I would tell myself now because I think that I probably would have been more scared to do it if I knew like some of just some of the things that would end up happening. Like if you had told me three years ago that I was going to be on a podcast for my sorority talking about being gay, I would have been like, you're crazy. Like, absolutely not. That's terrifying. I'm never going to tell a single person ever. (laughs) So I think that she didn't need to know. And I think that the decisions that three years ago we made were better because she didn't have the context. That's such an interesting perspective because a lot of times people always look back and they're like, oh, I wish I'd done this. I wish I'd done that. But that idea of you didn't have that perspective, so you made better choices is really interesting to me. I don't, some of the choices were the wrong choices. (laughs) Don't get me wrong. I just think I wouldn't have had the same, um, the same experience. And I really am thankful for all of the good and all of the bad. It's made me better. (laughs) I'm wondering, are there any specific challenges that you faced? Yes. I I think a lot of the challenges I put in front of me were my own doing, just because it's a scary thing. When I came out, I was like, I'm the only one in the entirety of UGA Greek life that is like this. That is not true. (laughs) I am explicitly aware that that is not true now. But (laughs) in case you're wondering or anyone else out there is, listening is wondering. That's not true. But I, I I would say that my biggest challenge was like my personal anxiety about it. So looking back at your experiences, are there any resources or sisterhood experiences that were beneficial for you? Probably not in like the formalized sense, but if I like didn't have the core friend group that I had for my chapter, or like I said, that relationship with Katie, I don't know that I would have processed things in like as healthy of a way. I had people to talk to and that has made, I think, all the difference. When, before I'd come to school, like I consider myself a pretty independent person. Um, I'd never, like I had friends, but I'd never really like needed somebody. I wasn't the friend that people were like, oh, we have to pick her up. Things are bad. And so it's kind of the first time in my life that I like really needed like that chosen family. And so I think I got a lot out of just my college experience by having to be like, like being forced into that like super vulnerable position. And it made my relationships, I think a lot more substantial going through, like when it came to friends and family and teachers. 
So I really think that that's not like a formal resource, but definitely having those like very open conversations with the people around me has made it a lot, a lot easier. Yeah. Having your, your core people, like the people you can go to, the people you can talk to, I feel like in most things in life, they can really help it make it better. Absolutely. There's always something for, to be said for knowing who to go to for the tub of Ben and Jerry's. <laughs> exactly. Um, I also had just like outside of Greek life stuff. Um, I wrote for a campus publication and that was probably the highest like percentage of queer people in one place that I'd ever experienced in my life. I mean, it's like an artsy uh, publication and you know how uh, the community trends towards those spaces. And I think that that um, gave me kind of a confidence to get more into my own identity in the like LGBTQ community without being inherently intertwined my sexuality with like all of the things that I did for Greek life so I did have kind of people that were like oh I'm gay and my hair is purple and I didn't have that necessarily within my own chapter within um even like the queer people that were in Greek life so I got kind of the best of both worlds and getting to experience um a lot of different people yeah so you would you say that finding your community of people that have the same identity and sexuality experiences as you, would you say that was really beneficial for you? Yes. I think that it in turn gave me a lot of perspective, um, other people's experience with their sexuality instead of feeling like I was the first all the time. Um, it's kind of, while empowering in some senses, it's not always like it doesn't give you a great perspective to feel like you're the first one to do this or the first like gay woman to do that and so it gave me kind of a background and kind of people that had done it and could talk to me about it and um, feed me their own experiences and their own thoughts on different matters that I could then turn around and like project not just my own like the first at this experience but also um, kind of have a background and a perspective of the community behind me. And so I do think that that helped me a lot without that group of people in college. I don't think that I would have the same confidence to do like the DEI advising that I'm going to start this summer. I think that I just feel a little more credible in the sense that I have friends that are queer and have different experiences than me that I can lean on when things happen. Do you think you talked about looking for people that have come before you? Do you think you've paved a way or made it easier for those that come after you? I hope so. I will say I don't want to come across like, oh, I'm doing this for the people after me because a lot of a lot of it was selfish. I'm just trying to stay alive and do the things that I care about. And so I don't want to sound like um, braggy in the sense that I've made it oh so much better for people after me but I hope that it's easier I didn't have someone like this someone like myself in my own chapter before I became this person and so my hope is that if it makes it easier then that's awesome <laughs> I know you don't want to brag or anything but I know it does help to see someone that you can identify with that you can kind of look up with, up to in those situations. 
Yes. Even this is kind of a plug, I guess. Beth Ford is an alpha gam that is the president and CEO of Land Lakes, which is, and she's the first openly gay woman CEO of a Fortune 500 company. And I am obsessed with that. And so I think that like the idea of how I look up to Beth Ford and that she did for the first time, what I think a lot of people aspire to do, myself included. Um, I hope I'm CEO of something one day. <laughs> but um, I can see it. <laughs> I'll do my best. But I think that the idea of how I look up to her is probably true in a lot of relation, like mentor type of relationships or just like public figures in visible places that are people you can identify with. So you just mentioned Beth Ford, but I'm curious, do you have any role models or someone that you look up to in the LGBTQIA community? Um, I could answer, I could answer Beth Ford. Um, I also could answer with every single queer person I've ever met. Like, I think that I'm just constantly amazed by people who have, because coming out is hard and scary and staying out is hard and scary and fulfilling and good and beautiful, but hard and scary. And so I feel like I learned something new from every person I meet um, from within the community that has their own experience and their own background and their own relationship with their parents and their friends and their own communities. And I think that I look up to all of them. That's great to hear. It's so nice that you can look up and see so many people to look up to and almost be role models. Every, I feel like every conversation I have about it, I'm just amazed at like the strength and perseverance in the community in each of our little like sex. So Allie, we're at the point in our podcast where we like to ask all of our guests this one question and it is, what is your purpose? To take kind of the cheesy route, I think that I would never have gotten to where I am now without the relationships and connections that I've made with other sisters, um, other alum, uh, people outside of my direct community, outside of my social circle, inside of my social circle. I have had like a hand to hold and to pull me through in every step of this whole process. And I think that if I could label a purpose for myself is like doing my best to be a hand to pull someone else through. Because I, I mean, it's happened to me so many times and I, my only hope is to be able to do that for other people. Thank you so much for sharing that. So for our listeners that want more of you or want to get in touch, what are your plugs? Sure. Um, I'm Allie Maddox on most things. So Allie.Maddox on Instagram or add me on LinkedIn. Um, those are probably the two that I check the most. So Allie, thank you so much for joining me today and talking with me about your experience being a gay woman. I really enjoyed getting to learn from you and learn about you. And I hope our listeners did too. Thanks for having me. I had a great time. Um, Happy Pride. Happy Pride. Love, Lead, Listen is recorded and produced at Alpha Gamma Delta International Headquarters and is generously funded by the Alpha Gamma Delta Foundation. Episodes are released every two weeks, so make sure to follow us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcasts so you don't miss out on any of our episodes. 
If you like this show, make sure to rate us five stars on iTunes and don't forget to share it with your friends. If you have an idea for a future episode or any other feedback, send us an email at podcast at alphagammadelta.org.